back, you guys. This is Richard Sachs. I'm your host on Lost Arts Radio. Not sure if I'm in the picture in the camera right at the You're moment. You're half in the picture. Yeah. So if I lean over here. Better, better. It's, it's going to get better. Anyway, um, this is our ongoing series of conversations with Dr. Cousins, Dr. Gabriel Cousins, called Conversations with Gabriel. And I'm really glad that he's offered for us to do that. And we're getting into some really interesting stuff, and there's a lot to talk about due to what's going on in the world um, in relation to the permanent understanding of spiritual principles and health and things that are relevant to your life. So with that, welcome back, Dr. Cousins, and thanks for being here. Okay, good. I'm happy to be here. And... We're going to do like what we usually do. We're going to start with a little prayer about merging the heavens and the earth, the heart and the mind, giving you what we call Hokma Halev, the wisdom of the heart, which is what's missing in the world today. That's why this prayer is important. We need wisdom of the heart. Here it is. Sibiku Kudusha Brihu Ushinitei Bi'ilo Ar'ilo Laiha Chimnukin Bivovke. So what we do uh, initially is start with a little dance uh, to let go of all the things of the day, of the week, and uh, we clap and it just explodes the negative energy away. It's actually a very, very old approach. Dancing, of course, is, but dancing for spiritual joy is what we're doing. So we're going to do that for three minutes. And we're going to meditate for a few minutes, uh, again, to clear the mind. And the if you have a meditation technique that you use, that's fine. If not, you're welcome to use this one, which is um, Yod on the in-breath, Hey on the out-breath, Wa on the in-breath, Hey on the out-breath. Yod from the base, to the heart and hey out from the heart and then wah from the base to the third eye and then hey out to the heart and that's it and you simply do that until your mind's quiet so we'll meditate just for a few minutes you know seven eight minutes something like that and then we'll get into our discussion which which has to do with purpose What's your life about? What's our lives about? Because that is being challenged today. Are you supposed to be a robot, a slave? Are you supposed to be somebody who's supposed to evolve into your highest physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual potential? So, we'll start with a little dancing because it's always good to dance for joy as a basis of Whatever we do. Okay. Uh, a second. Okay.
Okay. That's good. Okay. So for we're gonna go into meditation. Just repeat the mantra with your breath. And focus on my eyes as the cosmic energy comes through and helps awaken and activate your spiritual energy. And here we go. Just focus on the energy coming through my eyes. Okay, now in the meditation.
Okay. Slowly come out of meditation. Good. Take a minute to get back. Yeah, welcome. So you're going to talk about purpose, right? Well, we are going to talk about purpose and meaning. Yeah. Uh, so one of the most important things we face today is reestablishing meaning, purpose. Now, I'm even going to say value. Now, why do we use the word value? Because it's extremely clear and obvious that the uh, power elite, whether you call them the Illuminati or you call them uh, whatever you call them, is devaluating humanity. No, we can replace people with robots. And you have no meaning and you're a useless eater. And the mass psychosis is all based on kind of losing uh, your individual identity. It can only work when people aren't feeling purpose in their life. Now, that becomes a core issue in our society today. So, what gives meaning? What gives purpose? Why live? Why bother? The classical answer to that, really, and the not just classical, but the real answer is the main purpose is to know God. The main purpose we're put on the planet is to know God and to evolve physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. To evolve at all levels of our life in the process of what we would call the uh, many lifetimes. Now, is this some kind of secret? Not really. You know, the reincarnation is spoken about in the Torah. It's spoken about in the Vedas and the Buddhist scriptures, Taoists. So there's nothing new here. It's really the same. There, there may be different ways of talking about it, but when you break it down, it's the same thing. Our purpose for being on planet Earth and whatever other places we are is to evolve spiritually where we merge back with God. The satanic point of view is when there's God, not God, and we are just material. We're, we're, we don't exist as souls, and their goal is to steal your soul. Well, how do you get around that? Focus on your soul, value your soul, and value your connection with God, and that's what you do. So that's the battle that's going on. So Richard, go ahead. It's a big subject. 
And I think, you know, the most obvious is that if you do anything without purpose, which we, we can easily fall into doing almost everything without purpose. And if you do that, the energy is gone. You know, so it's not only purpose for your whole life, it's purpose for everything you do every day. Right? And it, it's kind of an interesting self-assessment to see how much of your life are you doing with purpose in terms of individual things that you do every day and how much of it just walking through it because it's the routine, you know, without really being there. And then what you're talking about gets into not just purpose, but value, you know, value of yourself and who you are, knowing where you came from, not just in memorizing a new belief about it, but actually finding out. And I think that's a deep issue because most most people don't get past the idea of memorizing whatever it is you say you're going to believe. And that, that really doesn't touch it. You know, it's who do you experience yourself being aside from words during the day and have that evolve into real consciousness. And then purpose comes out of that. So there's a difference between belief and experience. And it's been an issue for the whole time since humans have been here. How do you change from belief to experience? So the people who are in control or trying to be in control, one way they amplify their power is to, to have you have the experience of your weak and meaningless and there's no purpose to your life. Right. That's how they get a psychic advantage. Now, the truth is those people who are in economic power, these are some pretty disturbed people. And their disturbance is, you know, thinking they're so powerful, which they aren't, but they, yes, they have economic power. But there's a, if you kind of look at it, there's a sense of insufficiency there. Because if you felt sufficient, you leave everybody alone. Right. You, you wouldn't have to, you know, deplete people and kill people off and do all these things. And you leave them alone. Everybody's going to be fine, and I'm fine. I don't have to be fine by killing people. Right. And there's so many levels of that system. You know, everybody following orders of, this, of the level above them. At the very top, it's orchestrated. And I would say at non-human levels is where it's coming from. But every level below that is just following orders, you know, to keep their position. And they know everybody being composed of the same spirit ultimately has a sense of un subconscious conflict. You know, I'm not really being true to myself. And so the people, as, as they get higher and higher in the power structure, have more of that inherent conflict, which can't go on forever. And so because of the conflict, they, there's a kind of a non-specific fear that the Dark, dark powers operate from all the time. It's like the environment they live in, and they spread it. And I think at the top, 
they're in, they know it's a frequency, that fear is a frequency ultimately that manifests in different physical ways. And they're, they're focusing their meditation is to maintain the atmosphere of fear and ours is to dispel it with light. And when you have purpose, although there's fear in life in general, purpose empowers you to overcome the fear of daily life. Yeah, and when you do what you said about getting in touch with who you really are, the fear dissolves. It, right. it doesn't have to be overcome anymore because it's just not there. So the game, why, this, why we brought this topic up, is there is a major psyop to make people feel meaningless, purposeless, and basically useless. Yeah. Therefore, diminishing their will to live and their will to fight for the truth and to live it as authentic beings. Yeah. I think they're yeah. trying to keep that in place until their extermination program is complete. And it would be better for us not to allow that to happen. Well, the, the extermination program is based on that people don't feel that they don't deserve not to be exterminated at some level. They weaken the will to live. That's us in our unconscious form, right? Yeah. And our work is, is the weight. You have value, you have meaning, you have something to offer to the world, and you're here for a reason. We aren't a robot. We're here because our soul is evolving, we have a reason to be here as part of this whole evolutionary process. We're not here to become industrial units. It's yeah. not what we're ever meant for. We're here to grow spiritually. Yeah, it's interesting that all our training from preschool on up is to become industrial units, right? And not to think outside of the very small box. Right, and that's what they're capitalizing on now is people's training is to follow orders and be a limited part of a bigger picture, which is not just being limited, it's being eliminated. Right, and and it's all called something the opposite of what it is. So in higher education that is teaching you to think absolutely inside only certain rigid restricted walls, that's called learning to think outside the box for saving the world. And it's just the opposite. Now, some of us never fit in. <laughs> Naturally. Right. I mean, I, and all kidding aside, is, uh, even as a second grader, I was asking my teachers questions that they couldn't answer. Except to say, you should be quiet. I mean, but they weren't used to it. Actually, one teacher eventually, at the end of the year, actually quit. You know, it's like, this is too much. Mm. This, these kids are giving me a, you know, we're not giving them a hard time. We're asking, we're in wanting to be educated. And so we're asking questions about education. These are not, um, 
uh, you know, uh, discipline issues. We're, we're talking about asking questions that should be asked. It's not just for the causing problems. Right. It's because you believed in education. Right. And I wanted to learn something. And so I would ask teachers hard questions that they saw was hard, you know, as a second and third grader. And it's like, yeah, because I want to know something. I want to know. I want to learn. And that was uh, really, uh, it was hard for teachers. I'm not saying the teachers didn't like me, but it was hard for them. Well, they might have had to think about their own questions if you pushed it too far. Yes. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, mostly the training is be quiet and don't really think. Just go along and fill out the forms. Right, right. Do you remember the uh, bumper sticker in the Vietnam War time that said question authority? And there was one that followed it that said question everything. But that's a different, that's a slightly different question. I was just asking questions because I wanted to learn. Right, but you were asking questions of authority figures and you're not supposed to do that. Yeah, yeah. But I figured they're supposed to be teachers, they're supposed to be a student, and that's too bad. That's the rules they had. That's the game. I mean, now you're grown up and a doctor and everything and you're a lot bigger than you were in second grade and you're supposed to be saying everybody on drugs, everybody on vaccines and you're not doing it. Conditioning still is failing. So we get back to meaning and purpose and it's something that may change at each time cycle of your life, although the bigger purpose to know the one and uh, communicate at a deeper level with all creation, that doesn't really change. We may define it a little bit differently. But we also have some purposes. You know, you're, you're in fourth grade, you're learning to be, a, you're, you're trying to be a, a student. You're trying to learn the basics of, you know, of things. Math, I, get, I don't know if they do that anymore, but math and, and that the basics, reading, writing, they still have that two and two is whatever you actually feel comfortable saying that it is. Yes. And that's, well, for someone of our generation, that basically is how you undermine any practical learning. Okay. Because you have to have the basic skills to go to the next level. If you never have those basic skills, it's very hard to go to the next level. The basic skills now, people who can't learn the basic skills might be offended. So you have to be more understanding. Right. And those are ways of, of course, um, defining it. So if you really want to go deeper into understanding, it's oh well, you're doing you you offend where. The, the people who are kind of more creative and, and you know reaching for the sky, they don't they don't get honored uh, so much. They get actually uh, put down because they're a threat to the kind of average. And 
this is a way of actually disempowering people. Seriously disempowering people. And that's part of the battle. And that's why we see so many people going to private education. Homeschooling. Yeah. Private, that's what I mean by private. Homeschooling is major. Yeah. And you can do it in groups. So if everybody's working, you get a group, small group that understands what they're doing and finds one person to be the teacher. And it's what they used to do a long time ago. And there's a lot of material online. There's a lot of support for homeschooling. That's going on all over the world. Yeah. People have figured out <clears throat> the system is not doing its job. And we need to protect our kids. What's being taught is school is a, a way of uh, programming kids rather than help them learn to think and create. So a lot of parents in many places, uh, in the West at least, are pulling their kids out of the public schools uh, almost as a survival type thing. This is all about purpose again. If life is purposeless and your school is purposeless, well, again, what's the point? So you give up, okay? And so parents who are aware of this dynamic, and there are lots of parents who are aware of it, are simply saying, well, no, we have to put kids, our children, in a place where there is support for having meaning, purpose, value, levels of uh, internal growth that are going on. You don't have to be competing, but internal growth that happens. Because it's like food. It's like spiritual food that people need. It's intellectual food that people need. It's emotional food that people need. And if those are being denied, it's pretty much hard to develop meaning and purpose and value. And at every stage, you know, so you're, you're you know, in, in fourth grade. Well, your goals and meaning and purpose are a little different than eighth grade. And then high school and college, and then the beginnings of careers, and, and there, there are all these different levels that are are really noted in, in almost every society. You're going to say something, Richard? I was uh, just going to say it might be interesting to relate what you were saying to for, about the problems in education to the response to the pandemic and the the program to shut down society right now how people respond to that. In other words, they're, they were educated, and now the application comes. How do you respond to authority taking away your God-given rights and not conforming to rules of logic or anything like that anymore? People going along with that are the product of education, mind control, things like that. And I think the... So we don't think this is all about intellectual because I, I want to just point out that not that truck drivers aren't intellectual, but they're leading. Why? Because they get it. They're not programmed into uh, kind of all these controls. They get it. And the truck drivers in Canada and Ottawa are, are leaders, really world leaders, because they understand issues. Yeah, it's it's not that they're less intelligent, it's that they're less programmed 
Right, that's what I'm trying to say. Is people, that they they know they they get education have the hardest challenge to get out of the programming. Right. So purpose is again something that that motivates you to keep alive. Everyone has to find their purpose. They have to find their meaning. And that's really part of what education should be. How do you find your meaning? There's so many people come to me and say, well, I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know, you know, what am I, what's my purpose in life? You know, in the Eastern tradition, we call it, what's my dharma, what's my karma, but my dharma, you know, which is right livelihood. What am I doing? And our educational system doesn't even even help. Uh, it, it doesn't have answers. Doesn't he have a process of arriving at answers? Yeah, it's become part of a a gear in the machine. Yeah, that's your purpose. So, so when people come to me and say, "Well, how do how do I find this meaning and purpose?" Well, first. We have to find meaning and purpose of ourselves as human beings. So the most important thing in this quest is tuning into your own soul, tuning into God. You know, those are fundamentals. And mostly you're seeing it move away from this. And I'm not, I'm not, uh, Atheists can have meaning and purpose because there's a vaguer picture that they can tune into. It doesn't have to mean you're part of religion. This is not what we're talking about. Right. But you have to sense a sense of value and a sense of meaning in your life. And that's something really begins at a very young age where we communicate to our, our children. You are a value you will contribute in some way. You know, we want to support you in reaching your highest potential. Those are the kind of messages. And But in each level, they'll find their purpose. Also. So I knew when I was four, I wanted to be a doctor. I didn't know what a doctor was, but I knew this was somehow, and nobody in my family had been in the medical field at all. So it's like, whoa, whoa, what's going on here? But they just supported it. Okay? Um, and so it's important at every stage to find the purpose and meaning of our life at that stage. And it is different as a student. It's different as if you're in the, in the military. That's a really important one. It's different when you're in a career. It's different when you have a family. It's different when you're in relationships. So there are different levels of purpose, but every one of those can have meaning. Were you going to say something, Richard? Well, it's interesting that you bring up the military and the medical field, and there's a lot of similarity in what's being tested right now, because if you're in the medical field, you're a doctor, and the computer says, what's the diagnosis? And you put in the symptoms into the computer, and it says, okay, this is what the patient has, and this is what you have to do to them. And if you want to keep your job, you don't question it. You never make your own judgment about diagnosis in the system, especially in certain hospitals that are controlled by the insurance companies. And 
you do what the computer tells you to do. Oh, diagnose it has COVID, put the person on a ventilator, and then when they die, just collect $50,000 for the hospital and whatever the procedure is. And in the military, if you want to keep your job, if it's corrupt military brass telling you what to do and following their orders, then you go and start a war. You know, right now you move in logistically to try to start a war with Russia and Ukraine. And in the teachers, it's the same thing. You're taught, tell the kids that um, if you if your skin is a certain darkness, that you're a victim, and if it's light, you're a racist. And every one of these professions has a choice now. Do you follow what the bosses tell you, what the computer protocol is, or do you question it and risk the status that you've been working your whole life to confirm? You know, do you, do you risk losing your title and identity as a teacher or a military person or a doctor? Or do you choose to be true to yourself and, and to what is real? And that billions of people are facing that decision now every day. It's good because uh, it's a wake-up time. People have to make choices. Before we were coasting. Now the advantage of the dark side is it forces us to make choices about who we are, what we're willing to be. So that's good. Yeah, It's a hard way to do it, but it's good. The crisis is working for our benefit, potentially. At least it's an opportunity for benefit. We can use it that way. Yeah. No, uh, we, we don't. Being a victim does not help us. It doesn't give meaning or purpose. So now I'm going to talk a different level now. And that's a level of all our actions have meaning and have value. How do we get there? Well, if we see that everything we do has the potential to create sacredness, holiness, goodness in that moment, then we suddenly understand that we are I'm using a metaphor in the face of God, we, we are the uh, expression of God in that moment in everything we do. Now, one step further that gives it meaning is that that means in every action we have a potential to, to, with the awareness to invoke the sacred into our life, into that action. So that even how what would appear is be meaningless when you're invoking and experiencing the divine in that moment it, it, it becomes filled with meaning and purpose and value because every action is a way of connecting with the divine hmm. so that's key now we can take it to eating because most people eat and if you Take your food and understand that, that it's a holy sacrament uh, in, a, again, a, a non-religious way, but a holy sacrament where we have a chance to bite into the living forces of God as nature. It dramatically changes our experience of life. So if our, we understand our purpose is to honor the divine in all things, Slowly, our whole world opens up in another way. You're going to say something, Rick. I thought you were thinking of it. 
I just was agreeing with what you were saying that everything, you know, the different levels as you say that you might bring it onto, they're all reflections of spirit. It just looks solid when you look at the physical world because our senses are tuned to that frequency, but it's really not. Okay. So that's how we draw meaning and purpose no matter what's going outside of us. That's how some people survive the concentration camps. Yeah. In World War II. Who, you know, those who didn't survive, in general, the, the higher percentage, were people who didn't feel they had meaning and purpose. And others who survived were driven by the desire to survive and were able to see a bigger picture for themselves. That's a generalization, but there's truth to that. So the survivors tend to have me had tended to have had meaning and purpose and a goal in their life. And that's what's needed today as well. So how do you do that? Well, that's a good question. And one of the things that when people come to me about it is, is I, I ask people to spend time thinking about it. And then I say also spend time meditating on it. It's like we did at the beginning. So when we meditate, we quiet our mind and then it allows the kind of unconscious material to come up to give you some of the answers that you're looking for. Uh, so those are starter points uh, that are extremely important. And then you explore how it feels. A little bit like, okay, do I have a sense that this thing is working? Let me look at that. Or no, this doesn't feel right at all. Now, none of that is foolproof, of course, but it's a step in the right direction. So those are the starting points for people. Does this work? Does it feel good? But, you know, meditate on it, think about it, explore it by action, and then see what happens. So that's how I advise people to go about it. And it really helps them if they take care of their physical form at the same time. Yes. Because that clarifies emotional fields and all kinds of stuff. Right. To be healthy, it doesn't mean just physically, but it's emotional, mental, and spiritually. But when you're eating right, your neurotransmitters are working right, and you're more likely to be clear about what you're doing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you can tell the connection because certain drugs that they give for Psychiatric drugs, for example, can make you just feel like there really isn't a purpose and you want to commit suicide. And the only thing that happened is a different chemistry in your blood. Right. Really deeply connected. So we need to struggle to find purpose in our life. I mean, if you aren't feeling purpose... Do whatever you can, you know, simple. They say contemplate it, meditate about it, talk to people, talk to friends, talk to people in different areas, and explore what turns you on. Okay? And 
our lives are more than just work. I don't mean it that way. For some people, they just being a parent is super uh, purposeful. And your job is really not very important because it's supporting you economically. But being a parent, really important. So everybody's going to respond different ways to different parts of their life. But something of your life needs to be of value. And I don't mean monetary value. It has to be spiritual, emotional, mental value. And that's where you begin to tune into and evolve a purpose and meaning out of that. Right. And I would say also it really helps to integration is important so that you don't have what you would call spiritual or whatever name you have for that in one compartment that you do once a week for 10 minutes or an hour or two. And the rest of the time is separate from that. It's all got to be together, right? Ideally. Right. And that's why... I talk about meaning and value being in every action. That's like the highest level of how to do it. You can have a project that gives you a lot of meaning, but you still not may not be related to your food or to your relationships. Right. So where we start making every action in all the spheres of our life, then everything becomes... Uh, amplified into meaning and value and multiple levels of purpose and you become more and more alive so when you take that general understanding and you adapt it to what's happening in the world now in the conditions now what what's the specific that that brings up i mean we're almost done with our hours so it has to be just a brief teaser for the future but how would you characterize what's going on in the world now, basically? And then how does that affect the application of purpose, if it does? So what I see, the people who are most at peace with what's going on, uh, I'm saying, let's say that everybody has the same level of understanding for the moment. Right. So that's not a factor. The people who are still deriving meaning and purpose in their Individual lives are the ones that are doing better because the relationship gives them meaning. Um, their child raising gives them meaning if they have children. The details of their life gives them meaning. They're the ones that are doing better in terms of dealing with the chaos there, it's admit, which is meant to have you lose meaning and purpose and value. So we look at the details of their, our, our life becomes a place where we're able to experience the expression of the divine. That's the people who, let's say, are, are able to draw the meaning again from the micro rather than your meaning is tied up in how society at large is doing. Not that you shouldn't think about it, but right now, we put our, uh, if you put all our focus into that and spend all your time watching TV or radio or whatever, you're not focusing on the truth of things. Yeah. And you're being distracted from the purpose of life. So it's the micro details of your, uh, of your life that then begin to give you purpose, uh, not just the broad strokes. That's how I see it happening for people. 
You know, in a holographic reality where every single part has the same essence as the whole, the part can influence the whole without doing anything overtly to seem like it. So the internal connection to who we really are and to spirit or to God has changes the frequency that comes out of us and influences everybody else, right? Now, I'm going to add one more thing. It's kind of connected to what you're saying, is that spiritual joy doesn't depend on what happens outside of you. Yeah. And if you're connected to what's happening outside for your spiritual joy, this is what's happening in the world is, is very difficult to have a lot of spiritual joy. But if you're connected, now we're not ignoring the world. We want to serve. We want to do everything. But if you're connected to the internal spiritual joy, you're much better able to sustain the meaningless that's being projected out there and really serve people because one of the biggest things people need, that's why we're also doing this on the show right now, is a sense of spiritual joy and a sense of meaning. Now, if that can be communicated to people in different ways, then, wow, that's really good. So we have the ability to, to still experience spiritual joy even though the outer world is having chaos. This doesn't mean we're ignoring our outer world. Where, in essence, really helping the outer, outer, outer world begin to open up to the joy of the divine. Yeah. So it's, a, again, a way of living. And maybe um, in concluding, do you have anything you want to say before we conclude? Well, I, I would say for one thing that what you're calling spiritual joy is what absolutely every conscious being is looking for including the ones who are identifying currently with evil. They're trying to get what that satisfaction is of interconnection from hurting other people. They're a little confused. And I'm saying that people that can successfully connect to that source of inner joy, which is inside them, it's not a religious thing, it's not esoteric, it's not only for certain really, you know, monastic type people are it's the satisfaction that everybody watching this and everybody who isn't watching this has been looking for since they existed and so it applies to everybody and it's really powerful the more we get it the more it has a contagious effect on the outside just like nice nice and that is what Richard's saying that's really what we're talking about while we are sitting here talking to you uh, and to ourselves, is inspiring people to open up to finding that spiritual joy in their life where every moment becomes a place to uplift not only yourself, but everyone around you. So, as Richard said, it's, it's contagious. So, we have choices of how we react to a situation. That's where I talk about free will. We can just say, this is terrible, I'm a victim, depressed, and so forth. Okay? That's a choice. That's a spiritual choice. Or we can say, well, this is an interesting challenge. Now, how do I 
live with spiritual joy under these circumstances. And let's see what we can do to uplift everyone around me so we don't become demoralized and we don't lose our connection with our soul and with the divine. So in concluding, may everyone be blessed that we're able to maintain that spiritual joy in all we do, including the smallest details, because that begins to build into the bigger, bigger, bigger picture. And know that it is our choice, uh, in essence, the world is as you um, believe it to be. The world is as you see it, and the world is as you believe it to be, and Taking that understanding, there's Dishirsti in Sanskrit, okay, is key. If you know the world is as you believe it to be and as you see it, then you can uplift yourself and dance in the spiritual joy. So may everybody be blessed with the ability to dance in that spiritual joy throughout your life, no matter what is going on. Peace be with you. Thank you, Dr. Cousins. I'll see you at the next conversation. Really important concept, you guys. That's not just about some religious, you know, specialized interest or something like that. That what Dr. Cousins is calling spiritual joy, if you want to see it in a simple, really realistic manner, what he's talking about is what you've been looking for not only your whole life but your longer existence that he referred to in the beginning and this is true whether you are religious or not religious or consciously trying to do good or consciously trying to hurt people everybody's looking for the same thing in different forms and if you're a member of a police force in a country like, say, Australia or uh, certain European places or Canada or anywhere, and you're taking a paycheck to commit what are basically crimes, it's not really an effective way to find spiritual joy, <laughs> you know, which eventually you figure out. Or, or if you're in the medical system and you're following a protocol which you know is just going to kill your patient. That's not going to bring a lot of spiritual joy because you're con even if you're an atheist, you're connected to God. It's like the fish in the ocean. Some of those fish, if they believe in water, and some of them don't believe in water and think that it's absolutely a myth, and they get into arguments about what the water is like and the exact nature of it and how old it is, they're missing the point. <laughs> the water is, is there for all of them, regardless of what they believe. And if they get more in harmony with it, it helps their life. That It's not a perfect analogy, but it, it's got some points in common with, with our situation. You know, we're, our senses are tuned, most of us, only to the physical environment, which is a certain range of frequencies that is very narrow the reality is much bigger. So, if everybody is looking for the harmony that is our forgotten normal state, 
than what we do in this very limited range of frequencies, which is in a way a dream world, really affects whether we get back in harmony where our spiritual joy, as Dr. Cousins says, is waiting for us. And everything that we do is either taking us closer to that or, or not. So it, it's being willing to not <clears throat> not just be a zombie and do what everybody else says to do and what's always been done or what's been common in history or what your boss's protocol says to do. I mean, if you're in the job, then you may have to, but there are ways in whatever position you are that you can do good. And that is the most selfish, beneficial, positive thing for yourself that you can do, is be true to the higher priority spirit first. As we were talking to Dr. Tenpenny a little while ago, right before this conversation, and uh, that's one that will be worth watching probably this, this Sunday. Um, but she was saying, you know, the, the big mistake that people are making in, I think they call it the pandemic, you know, what's supposedly happening right now, is that they put other things of priority above spirit and being true to yourself. And if people do that, the whole problem is over. And what's trying to be demonstrated by the people driving their trucks in Canada and other countries now that are following their example, saying that, no, if you order us to risk our lives and potentially kill ourselves by a medical procedure that we're not in favor of, that's not okay. And we're not going to do what you want and become violent. We're just going to be an example of being really steadfast and true to ourselves, true to higher principles for the sake of everybody. So if you do what's really good for you, it is good for absolutely everybody else, including the bad guys. I think a big mistake made by a lot of the really sincere people who want freedom is saying we have to, to damage and destroy the bad guys. I think that's a big mistake because we have much more power than that. And if we fall for the conflict paradigm of becoming violent in ways that we don't need to do, that are not self-defense, really, then we fall right into the playbook of the people who are trying to exterminate life on the planet. There's much more strength in, as Ricardo Bossi said, not fighting for uh, for the sake of what you hate that you want to destroy. But what you do should be for the sake of what you love and become an example of that. And if you're willing to look at every small thing in your life and see what comes into line with that and what doesn't, then you can upgrade it and get closer to what Dr. Cousins is calling spiritual joy. Maybe we can talk more about that next time. So stay in touch. We're at lostartsradio.com. And for people that want to get more deeply into this in a supportive environment, we have planetaryhealingclub.com. You're all invited. That's basically a supportive, non-censored environment for upgrading your own life experience, whatever is happening. And it's putting what we've been talking about in this discussion into practical application in your own everyday life changing not your belief because belief you you can walk around with the same experience of 
what your deeper emotions really are and change your belief and it doesn't really do anything. But there are ways to change your experience so that all this meaning and satisfaction comes in to your everyday life. And that's what we're after. So stay in touch with us because we may disappear from certain platforms for obvious reasons. Uh, you can stay in contact at lostartsradio.com. And if you want to help us stay on the air and you've got financial resources to do that and notice the number of commercials that we're interrupting these pro- uh, broadcasts with, you can, there's a donate button at lostartsradio.com. And also the uh, same thing can be done through the subscribe star link. And that helps a lot. But in any case, helping share the links, share the broadcasts is really uh, useful too. It helps get beyond the censorship and the shadow banning and all that. Bottom line is, uh, please take care of yourself. You're really important. (laughs) You know, you're a microcosm of a larger spirit. And you're wearing a physical costume like, you know... These things they call bodies, you're walking around in one of those, most likely, if you're listening to the broadcast. And you're working through what they call mind. But what are you? You know, get in touch with that. Do what you can to have some time of quiet where the mind and the body are relaxed and um, strengthen your connection with who you are. If you know that neither one of those things is you, then the obvious immediate question is, well, what's left? What am I? You become conscious of that and everything changes. So it's another long discussion, but we'll get into more of it next week with Dr. Cousins. And uh, watch for the Saturday and Sunday shows and some new videos that we're going to be coming up with during the week. Okay, so have a good rest of the day, all of you. Thanks for being here. appreciate your presence. And uh, don't undervalue yourself. Everything that you think and say and do creates a frequency that's going out from you all the time. And just because it's not visible doesn't mean it's not real. It's not a belief. So take care of that. Become conscious of it. We're only here for a little while. Let's do the best we can. Make some difference. And I'll see you next time. Take care. Introducing Lost Arts Radio on Subscribestar.com. Just go to subscribestar.com slash lostartsradio to find our rewards program offering 10 different giving levels starting at just 5 bucks a month. We offer incredible value for any rewards level, from extra monthly interview videos not available publicly to subscription-based Planetary Healing Club videos once, twice, or three times a month to private counseling sessions with Lost Arts Radio host Richard Sachs, to tech help with me, Doug Diamond. We even have one option where you can be the star on Lost Arts Radio as our guest on a specially produced show just for you. We conduct an interview with you and broadcast it to our growing network and listenership. Our subscribe star levels are one of a kind and offer great rewards for any budget. Please help support Lost Arts Radio. We can't do it without you. With increasing censorship on many of our channels, we really need your support today to keep doing what we're doing. As Richard says, we're not even at survival level yet. Lost Arts Radio has three weekly shows. Lost Arts Radio Live each Saturday night at 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific, which is a live stream currently on multiple platforms in case we get banned from some of the larger ones. Right now, we're on Facebook Live, Twitch, and DLive. 
You can access these broadcasts by going to www.lostartsradio.com live for all the links to those channels. The Planetary Healing Club meets right after Lost Arts Radio Live at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Saturday nights. And our Sunday show with guests airs at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Sunday nights on our Blog Talk Radio channel, our YouTube channels, Facebook pages, and on Brideon. Be sure to sign up for our free email list just in case we do get banned on big text platforms. It's just a matter of time, really. They don't like the stuff we talk about, and they do not want the truth out there. In fact, they have already attacked us numerous times. Join our free email list so we can let you know where we are and how to access our shows. The sign-up button is right on the top right on most pages of our website. The best starting point for all things Lost Arts Radio is our main site, lostartsradio.com, where you can find the hottest news selection videos that we curate just for you. Those are on the homepage and added to daily, as well as articles and breaking news about information you really need to know. Our show archives, the 10 most recent shows, are right on our homepage, as well as our Blog Talk Radio page at blogtalkradio.com slash lostartsradio, or just click the All Things Radio Show tab right on our website. We're in the podcast directory on iTunes, and all of our shows except the banned ones are on our YouTube channel, at Lost Arts Radio. Our Brideon page is really taking off, and we often have editors' picks videos right on their homepage. Visit Brideon.com slash channel slash Lost Arts Radio. On our site, you can also access our free listener forum as well as sign up for the Planetary Healing Club, which is just $25 a month, where you get private access to a one-on-one interaction with host Richard Sachs and myself and the other club members who participate live. More info can be found at PlanetaryHealingClub.com. We're providing solutions in there to make the world a better place. Come join us. Stay tuned because up next, you'll get to hear a really great song by an independent artist that we're doing our best to support. Go to lostartsradio.com slash music for the full list of all the great songs and bands that we spin on our audio-only podcast shows. If you're in a band and want to submit a song for consideration for airplay on Lost Arts Radio, visit my website at diamonddiscaudio.com for more information about the music placement, mastering, and mixing work that I do. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Lost Arts Radio. We love having you as part of our family to learn, experience, and grow with.